You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 77. Well, hey there, welcome back to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard, and as always, I am honored and grateful that you are allowing me to spend a little bit of your day with you. We are talking about the future of portfolio management. This episode is sponsored by ServiceNow. Built on the Now platform, ServiceNow's IT business management solution groups project portfolio management and agile capabilities into scalable packages that can grow with you as your needs change. Create greater value from your initiatives and enable change faster across the enterprise. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 077. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 077. And I am incredibly excited to bring back to the podcast, Andy Jordan. So Andy is the president of Rafinzian Consulting, a Roatan Honduras-based management consulting firm with a strong emphasis on organizational transformation, portfolio management, and PMOs. Andy is an in-demand speaker who I've been super grateful to have the opportunity to work with on multiple occasions as a part of the PMO Impact Summit, the PMO Workshop. We go on tour together to do our PMO show on the road. If I can drag him out of his beautiful island home long enough to do so. Uh, And he's also an author who delivers thought-provoking content in an engaging and entertaining style, which I can definitely attest to directly myself. He's also an instructor in project management-related disciplines, including the PMO and portfolio management for LinkedIn Learning. Andy, thank you so much for being back here on the PMO Strategies Podcast. Thank you for having me back, Laura. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, especially here in 2020 when we're not really going on tour that much. (laughs) Exactly. I know. (laughs) We haven't been able to take our show on the road much this year, which is unfortunate. But we are finding ways to connect our PMO leaders and connect our community of impact drivers through the podcast, through the summit. You're back again for the summit for 2020. Thank you so much. Just really quickly, can you tell people about your wonderful session that you're doing for the summit before we dive into today's topic? I, I can't tell you anything about the wonderful session. I can tell you about mine. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, we're, we're talking about the idea of enterprise agility and why it has never been more important in today's world, the, the post-COVID-19 If you're not sure what enterprise agility is, you need to listen to the session. If you think you know what enterprise agility is, you probably still need to think to listen to the session because it might just sort of change your thinking a little bit. And uh, something that I really think is important going forward. Oh, yeah, 100%. We just recorded that content and I am just really excited to get it in the hands of our impact driver audience that will be participating in the summit because I think that a lot of people really don't understand just because a lot of this stuff is new and there's a lot of buzzwords, what enterprise agility really means and the role that we can play, the critical role that we can play as PMO leaders. So I'm really jazzed about that. Today, though, we're talking about the future of portfolio management. And my first question for you is, 
has the future of portfolio management shifted or been impacted at all by all of the events of 2020 with the COVID-19 pandemic? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> oh, you want a longer answer than that? Oh, okay. Um, Feel so, free to elaborate. Sure. Oh, okay. If you, if you insist. Let's stop for a minute and think about what portfolio management is at the most fundamental level. It's about managing the initiatives that allow us to achieve our business goals. If you think about an investment portfolio, and I think I used this analogy the last time we spoke on the podcast, people don't care too much about the individual stocks and shares that are in their investment portfolio. They care about the absolute performance of the portfolio itself. You need to be able to retire at whatever age it is with a 401k that is worth whatever it needs to be worth. If your investment manager is selling individual stocks and shares and replacing them with others, as long as you get to that number at the end of the day, that's what you care about. Same concept in an enterprise portfolio. When we start talking about how an organization invests its money, it's all about achieving the goals and objectives. So now in a post-COVID-19 world, we've got to think about what's changed. Well, for most industries, there's a lot less money available for investment because revenue streams have been severely curtailed and in some cases they've dried up entirely. The goals and objectives of the organization have sure as heck shifted because what we thought was important isn't important anymore. We're suddenly in a very, very deep global recession that we're not really sure how long it's going to take to pull out of. And we're shifting from growth to survival and consolidation and recovery. Mm -hmm. And the projects that we were funding have obviously had to change because we've got less money and we've got different priorities. So portfolio management is absolutely critical. It's more critical than it's ever been because portfolio management is that first piece of the puzzle, the piece that says, okay, how much money have we got right now? What do we achieve, need to achieve right now? And how can we best deliver on that? And the portfolio cycle is going to get more and more rapid because we can't plan for a year, even at, at a budgeting level, because right. we don't know how much money we're going to have a year from now or three months from now, or maybe a month from now. So we've got to think small and then expand and build on those building blocks as we go. So portfolio management, it's changed a heck of a lot and it's become even more important. Organizations have to rely on portfolio management to achieve their success. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And when the pandemic really started feeling like a global issue and PMO leaders started reaching out to me, what do we do? What are, what's our role here? I started doing this series of Q&A live Q&A sessions where I was taking in a lot of questions and hearing the concerns a lot of people had. And one of the important points that I kept emphasizing for them is that while your company is hunkering down, this is an opportunity, a huge golden opportunity for all of you PMO leaders out there to step up and drive. This is an opportunity for PMO leaders who, by the way, if you're doing portfolio management, hold the keys to all of the information that the business leaders need right now to drive decisions, to determine what things should speed up, what things should slow down, where should we focus our energy, what are our resources working on right now, all the what-if scenarios that they're thinking through, trying to figure out how to, frankly, survive in this pandemic and be able to make it to the other side of this. Many companies were trying to figure out simply how to hang on and I kept telling PMO leaders, 
This is your opportunity to thrive. This is what you've been waiting for. You wanted your seat at the table. You wanted to be the trusted advisor. You wanted to be looked to by your leadership team to help drive decisions. Now they need you more than ever, which means you've got to be able to step up into that role and answer their questions and provide the information. But if you're not doing portfolio management, then you're missing the opportunity, the golden opportunity to be that center hub of information gathering and distribution and driving those decisions. So with that said, what would you say to organizations or PMO leaders or impact drivers that are listening that haven't yet embraced portfolio management? You better start and you better start yesterday. Yeah. It's simply, it is that crucial. You said about the people reaching out to you and, and you were able to tell them about this opportunity. I had somebody reaching out to me from an organization that doesn't do portfolio management, that never considered it a priority. And they were trying to go straight to, okay, uh, which projects are we going to approve for recovery? You know, forget the whole portfolio piece. You know, yeah, we got some goals and yeah, we got some funding, but we got to get projects moving. We got to get people doing something. This guy was so frustrated because he said he was being told every day that priorities have changed. Sometimes two or three times a day. It's like, okay, we're going to fund this project A, B, and C. Oh, no, no, forget A. We're now going to do D. Oh, no, no, no. A's back on, but B's gone. D's wow. still there and then E's coming. And it was just changing so rapidly. And he said, how am I supposed to keep track of this as a PMO leader, let alone try and get my project managers and their teams focused on doing stuff that actually helps the business when we're just running around like headless chickens? And the whole fundamental problem was there was no portfolio management in place. There was nothing to connect what they wanted to do and what they wanted to invest their money in with why they were doing it. And if you don't have that, if you don't have that ability to understand the context of the work, the benefit and the value you're driving, you're never going to get anywhere. In the past, you might have got lucky, but in the past, you're probably also asking yourself, how can we approve 100 projects every year and only deliver 20? How come only a small percentage of our projects actually achieve what we want them to, even though our PMs tell us that they're all successful and they were delivered on time, on schedule, on budget? If you're not doing portfolio management, you're simply not current. And we're in a world right now where current is barely enough. We've right. got to start thinking about future-proofing. We've got to start thinking about evolving and embracing the emerging trends that are happening right now. And if you're living in the past, forget it. You probably haven't got to worry about the future because you won't be there. Oh, I could not agree more. I love it. Yes. And it's interesting because as I'm listening to you tell this story of this client and their situation, it's reminding me of one of the PMOs I worked in when I was inside organizations. And it was an organization that had a lot of client-facing projects. And they had a team to manage the projects. And I could see immediately, and this was often something that I went in, when I went into a new organization, the first thing I would do was set up portfolio management. And it does not have to be super complicated, which we can talk about. But I went in and said to them, okay, so what's the priority of all of these projects? And, and they, of course, said, all of them are number one priority. And I said, okay, you know, and you know the story, right? 
this is the typical, everything's number one priority and you have to keep going through the cycles with them. Right. And it just, and I kept saying, okay, okay. So we have unlimited time. We have unlimited resources. Our clients are all in love with us right now. And they kept saying, well, no, of course we don't. We have all of these restrictions and these things and this. And so as we're going through the list, I helped them identify a few key indicators. It doesn't have to be complicated, but a few key ways to identify which things mattered most to them and to their clients to help them prioritize. And frankly, just to be totally honest, Andy, in that first quarter, when I did this exercise with them, I could not even get them to like a one through 50 list. I had to just put them in buckets. So our first attempt, (laughs) and so for all of you listening where you have not done portfolio management yet, but you feel like everyone's running around crazy because the priorities are changing on a daily basis, set your expectations super low and just try and get them to go to an A, B, and C bucket to start. And then when they start seeing the beauty of that, they start seeing, okay, well, our bucket A projects, we're going to treat this way. And that's going to get the most focus and the most resources. And just a few identifying things like these customers are really mad at us right now. Let's focus on fixing them or these places we've really messed up. Let's do something there. And you don't have to make it complicated, right? But literally we did a bucket A, bucket B, bucket C. And then the next quarter, I got them, I, Andy, you'd be so proud. I got them to prioritize bucket A, one through 15. And we made huge progress. And But baby steps, right? They just were not comfortable with the concept of taking 50 client engagements and making them a one through end priority. But two quarters later, you better believe it. And you would have thought it was their idea. Because from that point forward, they would never go back to their old way of not having things prioritized. And it changed the very fabric of that organization, how they operated, how much throughput they could create, and how much more efficient they were, and how many, how many customers that were in one year so mad they were threatening to sue us, the next year speaking at our conference talking about what a wonderful company we were to work with. That's the kind of impact you can make. But you've got to manage your own expectations. And I couldn't agree with you more, Andy, when you have those scenarios where you know all of you impact drivers listening, you know if you need portfolio management, if you're experiencing what Andy's uh, client has experienced, what my clients would experience with just feeling like they're running around all over the place, that is a screaming, blinking, flashing sign telling you that you're missing some basic portfolio management principles, right? Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's... It's not rocket science, right? I mean, if you if you keep doing the same thing and you keep failing miserably, something's wrong. Don't do that. Right. <laughs> stop. Even if you can't figure out what else to do to start with, stop doing the bad stuff. Right. All right. Call one of us. We'll help you. We'll be able to identify it in 30 seconds flat. <laughs> 1-800-IMPACT. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really, I hope we've impressed upon folks that one, you must be doing portfolio management. And I really like how, Andy, you made it very clear. If you, your role is going to be on the chopping block if you're not doing portfolio management, because if they can't leverage the PMO to help them drive educated, informed decisions quickly and accelerate action on those decisions, then they don't need you. So right. either you provide that value or you don't belong there. And they're not going to find themselves. Yeah, exactly. Exactly right. And it doesn't have to be super complicated. I know I'm giggling a little with my A, B, and C buckets, but I'm telling you, that was magic for that organization. 
And it was not quite at the level of expectation I would have liked to be with them in the first quarter, but man, it worked because I let them own the process and I made it their idea and I got them to see the value in how people behaved differently. The whole organization behaved differently based on the information we started providing. So it doesn't matter how big that first step is. It's overcoming the inertia of standing still and making a first step. It may be a tiny thing. It may just have been the ultra important, super important, very important buckets, but (laughs) at least it was moving from the status quo. I love that. Yes, exactly. If you can't do, if they don't like ABC, and I love the whole, make them all important. Just one, you can make it one A, one B, one C, something like that. So they really see that it's all important. And, you know, these little tricks, we're joking, but really these little tricks can make a huge difference in the momentum. And I like how you said that, Andy, just get forward momentum, just get some movement in the right direction and let it build on itself. So that's fantastic. So let's talk about where this is going. Where is portfolio management going? This is about the future of portfolio management. And we've talked about what's got us here, you know, and the crisis that we've been in this year. We've talked about what you should be doing, what you should be saying in your organization if you haven't yet, if your organization hasn't yet embraced portfolio management. But where do you see portfolio management sitting in the future? And who's actually going to own it? If you've been taking any notice of what PMI has been doing recently, they started talking a lot about the concept of the project economy, which essentially projects becoming more important, change happening more quickly, and projects becoming the way business gets done as opposed to the way business gets disrupted. I buy into that concept, but if that's going to happen, then we need to have portfolio-driven businesses because we don't do our projects in isolation. We do them to achieve our business goals, which are constantly changing, and our ability to achieve them is being constantly impacted by all that stuff that's going out in the world, and PMO Impact Summit Enterprise Agility Presentation will go into that in a a lot more detail. But if we're going to have a project-driven economy, we're going to have portfolio-driven businesses. The portfolio is going to become the hub of how investments get made, how organizations evolve and innovate and grow. And if that's going to happen, you've got to put portfolio management right at the hub of everything that happens. That doesn't mean it's going to get taken away from the PMO. It means that there's going to be a portfolio management-focused PMO element, function, whatever you want to call it, within what is the chief strategy office of the business. If you have a chief strategy officer, a CSO, then that might be a specific function. It may live with some other um, senior suite executive. But you're going to see portfolio management moving to that executive layer and there's going to be a PMO-like function owning that portfolio management piece going forward. It's the only way that organizations are going to be able to make sure that they're truly tying the investment management and investment planning element to the actual attainment of the outcomes and the business goals that are the purpose for those investments being made. So that's really interesting. So you see really this continued shift towards more of an executive perspective or a C-suite perspective of the PMO and of the portfolio management function, more closely tying the strategy and the beginning of the process to actually monitoring and following through on the return on investment and having more of a clear connectivity. 
Absolutely. I mean, and it's not a power play or an ego play by PMOs or portfolio managers. It's a recognition by executives that the ability to deliver return on your investment to achieve your goals and objectives with smart project investments is absolutely critical to how business gets done. It used to be that we'd do a major change and then we'd leave in a department alone for several years and we'd just have normal operations that would be the cash cow of the business. Now, we can't afford to stand still because our competitors are going to overtake us. We've got to continuously innovate. We've got to continuously deliver. And that means we have to generate more and more returns on our investment. And we need to make sure that the function that owns the management of that investment, the delivery of that return, the investment manager, if you like, the portfolio manager, is connected to the executive level of the business because that's where the impacts fell. That makes such perfect sense to me and to those of us that understand that connectivity and the importance of the visibility and the oversight and connecting all of these pieces. I like to say that we need to be aligned from the start. And this is about creating that alignment from the beginning of that process all the way through to not just project completion, but achieving the impact and the ongoing ROI for the initiatives we're focused on. So I get that. You get that. Many of our impact drivers listening get that. But how do we prevent the situation where our PMO leaders are feeling like they have to now go convince their business leaders that this is the right movement and the right shift? Because you're right, it's not a power grab. It's what makes logical sense. And if this is common sense, how do we turn that into common practice without feeling like it's self-serving or that we're salesy or pitching too much? There's not an executive on this planet who thinks they're generating the best possible return from their project investments. I don't care how successful your projects are. There's always one or two failings. There's always a few things that go wrong. There's always some investment budget that doesn't generate a return. Right. PMI's latest post, the profession says it's over 11% of project budgets that don't generate any value at all, let alone don't generate enough value. Wow. Every executive, and that's stable. It's been the same for like the last decade. It's right. not getting better. Every executive wants to do more. Portfolio management makes a shorter connection between the money you spend and the benefits you achieve. It should be an easy sell. And I don't like the idea of selling this concept. But it's easy for executives to understand there is a need to do more. They just need to be convinced that portfolio management is the solution to that. And there's enough evidence of that amongst the organizations that are doing it. Portfolio management delivers results. Right. Absolutely. Probably more so than any other investment a PMO could make in building competencies and building capabilities for the organization. I think that you're absolutely right with you don't want to sell You don't want it to feel like a pitch. Um, And I'm always telling my PMO students, if you're selling the PMO, you're doing it wrong, right? The value should be evident. Some suggestions that I have around that is making sure all of you impact drivers listening are thinking about how you make the case in terms of the outcomes your business leaders are looking to achieve, which means you've got to really ask the questions. You've got to understand their pain points. You've got to show how the simple streamlined solution to the problem that you have is going to very directly address their pain points and help them achieve their outcomes. And there's tons of podcast episodes we have here. Andy's got wonderful content on this that will help you not pitch, not sell the PMO. In fact, there is a podcast episode called Pitching PMO Services, which is all about actually not pitching (laughs) the PMO services and not selling, but really just 
helping you think about how you have a better conversation. So definitely go listen to that if you're looking for ways to have the right conversations without feeling like you're having to sell or convince them. Because frankly, if you say the right things and if you touch on their pain points in the right way, they're going to be begging you to set this up yesterday. So before we wrap up here, Andy, as we're looking at how PMO leaders and portfolio managers are going to have to shift their focus and how they move portfolio management into the future, what are the kinds of skill sets that these folks are going to need in the future to run a portfolio management function? That's a really good question. Um, portfolio management is clearly, I hope, a business function, not a project function. Right. It's, you, you can't be good at project management and get promoted into portfolio management. You have to have the right business skills. You have to be a business generalist you have to have an understanding of how business is impacted by the various uh, environmental factors, internal drivers, all of those sort of internal mechanics of an organization and the external mechanics of the industry. You have to understand that across all areas of the business. You can't just be a sales expert or a finance expert because different areas of the business require different prioritizing, different subtleties in, in how you generate their returns. You have to be a business generalist, but at the same time, you have to have an understanding of how business turns into project investments and generates returns. You have to understand that process of project delivery. So I love the idea of a business-focused person, somebody who has had a leadership role within a business function, but also has a background in project management, maybe in other PMO uh, roles or in program management capacity. They understand how projects get done. Even somebody who's only operated as stakeholders or sponsors on projects, at least they have that context, they have that understanding. But more important than all of those sort of training skills or development skills or things you can learn You've got to have an interest and an understanding in what's going on in the world that your business exists in. I don't just mean you follow current affairs. You understand the trends for technology as it applies to your industry. You understand not just what competitors are doing, but why they're doing it. You understand where you sit in your various markets. Where do you dominate? Where are you a niche player? Where are you an innovator? Where are you actually sort of more of a consolidated, sort of established main core partner? You know, understanding all that, it, being interested in it, and understanding where your business needs to go is a perfect place for a portfolio manager. I would see a portfolio management function as being a final step in a career on the way to the CSI, the Chief Strategy Officer role. Somebody who does a good job of portfolio management should be ideally suited to become the Chief Strategy Officer, the person responsible for executing on the vision of the organization. Too many of those come from the finance background. Nothing wrong with finance, but they don't necessarily have the business acumen. Right. Yes. And it's interesting and also not surprising that a lot of our summit sessions for the 2020 PMO Impact Summit talked about this business leadership role and that as PMO leaders, we've got to start thinking about ourselves as project focused leaders and shift our focus to be more business focused. And if we want to have our seat at the table in these conversations, we've got to earn it. And that means we've got to be thinking like business leaders and looking at not just you know, the triple constraint or, or value management or all of these metrics that we use to define really our progress, not necessarily our success, right? 
and look at the things that actually matter from a business perspective. How are we helping the organization achieve the highest possible return on investment? How are we accelerating getting to those outcomes? How are we becoming a lean, mean machine, right? What I call an impact engine. Why we are, how are we becoming a lean, mean machine that is creating incredible throughput and progress towards our outcomes, our goals, our strategic objectives, so that the business can ultimately serve their customers, their market, and their employees in the best possible way. And I think that you have a really interesting point. Those skill sets, they're not project skills, right? Mm -hmm. And they're really around understanding and building relationships and the stakeholders and engaging with the community of people inside the organization and externally to see how the work they're doing impacts those around them and how to move people through that process. You're even hinting on the whole organizational change management thread that runs through all of this with these people and how they, the people that are going to be good at this are going to have a lot of skill sets that we may or may not have if we've grown up in our traditional project management roles. So I like to say what got you here won't get you there. Right. So if you're PMP certified, I am PMP certified. I'm a believer in the PMBOK to create a common language and a common toolkit that we can use to help implement our projects. And frankly, at the time of this PMBOK 6 that we have out now, they're getting a little closer with PMBOK 7, I hope, at least that's the word on the street. But you really with PMBOK 6 and before you really aren't hitting on being a business leader and a business driver in your organization. So you're not going to be able to look to that inputs, outputs, tools, and techniques focus and achieve this kind of seat at the table strategy driver that we're looking for here, right? Right. I mean, nobody cares about project metrics. (laughs) They really don't. (laughs) I mean, we love our jargon, we love our metrics, but in the real world, nobody cares no executive on the history of the planet ever approved a project because they desperately wanted to deliver on time. Right. Approved a project because they had a business need, a problem they needed to solve, an opportunity that they wanted to leverage. If you're not delivering that, what the heck are you doing? And in this day and age, it's about creating the environment where the people can do the work and then getting out of their way. This yes. is way to handle the administration and the bureaucracy of it. Project management, no, it's business leadership now. You know, people start talking about project leaders instead of project managers. Yeah, I get that. But the project is managing itself with self-empowered teams, not just in an agile environment. But we've got people managing the work themselves. We're creating the environment. We're connecting the investment to the return. We are portfolio managers in miniature at a project level, rolling up to portfolio managers in the truest sense that are, guardians of our investments to generate the return that will make us successful. It's no more complicated than that, but it's not just about the money. It's about the environment that allows that to happen. Yes, 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 yes. It's so awesome. (laughs) You know, I've told PMO leaders and project managers in particular that they've got to stop calling themselves project managers. They've got to stop calling themselves project leaders because truly they are investment managers. Right. And if you look at yourself as an investment manager, you realize you have a fiduciary responsibility to your organization to ensure that you keep laser focused on getting to those outcomes and achieving the highest possible return on investment for every single investment. Now, some will fail 
and some will be wildly successful. And that's why, like you said, the portfolio view and the portfolio perspective is so important and is such a critical business role because just like all of you with your retirement plans and your 401ks and all of your investments, you're okay if one stock is down, if the others are up, et cetera, as long as overall you're making plenty of money to retire. And you're not going to get mad at your in, your investment manager if one out of the hundred investments doesn't work out as long as you achieve the entire return on investment. You really need to be able to retire when you're trying to retire. But if you're you probably just, not even going to look at that, right? I mean, exactly, if you're generating you don't 8% a year or 10% a year or whatever it is, you're probably not even going to look at the specifics unless you're a real geek and into that kind of stuff. You're just going to go, oh, look, my portfolio manager got me 8% this year. That's a pretty good return on the investment. Exactly. Exactly. And that's what the business leaders are looking for. So just remember, all of you that are listening, you as an impact driver, you are a strategy navigator. You have an opportunity to be a trusted advisor and have your seat at the table. And you are 100% a portfolio investment manager, just like you would think it would be in the real estate or the stock market or anywhere else. That's what you are to your organization, no matter what industry you are in. And yes, this includes nonprofits. Yes, this includes private organizations. And it also includes public organizations. This is for all industries. The government doesn't matter. I never want to hear again any, you know, this happens sometimes, Andy, and just drives me crazy, where you will have somebody that works in the government, especially the federal government here in the U.S. And they'll say, oh, we don't measure ROI. We work for the government. <laughs> in the government, in the not-for-profit it's even more important. You just right. use a different unit of measurement. You right. don't use dollars. You use impact. Am I serving the needs of the people? And the federal government in particular, it's the people's money that you're spending. So right. you know, ROI becomes even more critical because if you're not generating return, then more and more people are going to be looking just to get rid of you and put somebody else in place. Exactly. I can tell you, as someone whose tax dollars are used to invest in all kinds of programs, I very much care about return on investment. And if the ROI term is bothering you, just call it the worth it factor. It's really about how we can create the value and make it worth doing in the first place. And this is a conversation you have in your head probably 50 times a day. Is it worth this to do this? And that's as simple as it can be for all of you guys that are listening. So I hope we've given you some really good ideas. Any last minute takeaways, Andy, that you'd like to share before we wrap it up here? I I think the only thing I would say is if you're not on the portfolio management bandwagon yet, you've got to run and catch up with it because it's so important to the future and your organization needs to be effective and efficient at portfolio management if it's going to thrive in the future. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. And I would also say it doesn't have to be complicated. You can start super simple. Frankly, many organizations would benefit just by having a single list of all the projects they make before you even start prioritizing them. Just to know that here's the list of everything we're doing would frankly address a lot of angst a lot of business leaders have already. (laughs) So keep it simple. Know that this is where the future is going. And if you need anything from us, we're here to help you figure out how to do just that. Andy, you want to let people know how they can reach you? Uh, absolutely. So you can find me on LinkedIn. 
Um, there's not too many Andy Jordans in Roatan, Honduras, so um, you know, that'll be fairly easy to find me. Um, you can email info at refensian.com. That's R-O-F-F-E-N-S-I-A-N.com. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at refensianpm. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here today, Andy. Thank you for all of your collaboration and your support of our Impact Driver community. Don't forget, this episode is sponsored by ServiceNow. Built on the Now platform, ServiceNow's IT business management solution groups project portfolio management and agile capabilities into scalable packages that can grow with you as your needs change and evolve in your organization. Create greater value from your initiatives, getting to that bigger impact, and enable change faster across the enterprise. Learn more at pmostrategies.com forward slash 077. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash 077. That's it for today, Impact Drivers. Thank you so much for being here, and we will see you on the next session. Bye-bye for now. Bye.